John chapter 13 this morning. Would you go there with me? John chapter 13, and we're going to begin in verse 12 this morning. I want you to follow along in your copy of God's Word as we read from verse 12 through verse 17 in John 13. Verse 12 speaks of Jesus when it says, When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and assumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I, then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So during supper, Jesus had risen to wash the disciples' feet. He had gotten up from the table and put him place, uh, put himself in a place of a servant. We saw this act of humility as we looked at verses 6 through 11 last week. And, and there we certainly saw some important lessons to learn as Jesus washed their feet, which he pointed to in those verses that we saw last week. First, we saw this last time that Jesus reminded them of the believers once for all cleansing at salvation, the once for all cleansing from sin. When a person puts their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and is forgiven their trespasses and sins, and once for all cleansed. We also saw this ongoing work of cleansing that he pointed to when, when he suggested that only the feet were dirty when he talked to Peter. Remember when Peter objected to having his feet washed? And then he, when he realized the importance of this, really this symbolic service pointed to this ongoing washing of the believer's feet. You know, the, the life of the believer daily cleansed by the Word. That's you know, that's the work of sanctification that takes place in the believer by the, by the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word in the life of an obedient believer being made more and more like Christ. And, and Jesus pointed to those two lessons of which we noted last time. And those, those are important. Now Jesus returns to, the, to his place at the table with the disciples at supper, and he has an even more important lesson for his followers. This is really the point that Jesus was trying to make with his ministry to the disciples and washing their feet in this way that he served them. And what what Jesus' main purpose was and main lesson was, we see here, and it was this. He wants his disciples to learn to humbly serve others. He wants those who follow him to learn this lesson, that we are to humbly serve others. Now we see Jesus leading his disciples to that point. He wants them to to understand this. He wants to be able to apply this to their lives so that they leave that place realizing this is important. And he leads with this important question in verse 12. Do you understand what I have done to you? I wonder how they answered that question. Uh, You uh, you washed our feet? (laughs) You, 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 You... you washed our feet, right? Now, they may have had several responses, but I doubt, I doubt any of them were really what Jesus had in mind. 
However they answered, it's likely they weren't thinking what Jesus was thinking. Look at verse 13 as Jesus gets right to the heart of the lesson he wanted them to learn. In verses 13 and 14, he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and right and, and right you are. You are right, for so I am. Yeah, you're right. You call me teacher, you call me Lord, you're right, I am that. And then he says in verse 14, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So here are the disciples, and we know of, you know of other places, especially we remember of them when they, remember when they argued about who would be greater in God's kingdom? And here are these selfish disciples. Jesus has just lowered himself to the place of a servant. He's just washed their filthy feet. And here are these same disciples that in other places we know, they argue about who's greater than the next thinking of themselves only. And here was God the Son stooping to do what really any follower of Christ should be willing to do for him. And yet, he was not teaching them to wash his feet. Now, we would gladly, in Jesus' presence, probably any of us lower ourselves to wash Jesus' feet, right? And we, we stop and think about what Jesus has accomplished for us. If you're a follower of Christ you would probably willingly say, I'll wash Jesus' feet. I'll get down and treat myself like a slave. I'll, I'll do the work of a slave and wash his feet. We would willingly do that. That's not what Jesus is asking his disciples to do here. He is not saying, now see what I have done for you? Now you, each of you, take a turn and come and wash my feet. It's not what he says. He says something very shocking. He says, look, if I, your Lord... And teacher can stoop to wash your feet? Then you who follow me, you who call me Lord and Master and teacher, you, you ought to wash each other's feet. Now there's something important we ought to think about here, and it's this, because some get this wrong, it's this, this issue of foot washing, was Jesus teaching that the disciples and all of those who would come after them following Christ, is Jesus teaching here that they should literally wash each other's feet? Now there are some churches that take this passage literally here and carry on the practice of foot washing. They make this one of the ordinances like baptism in the Lord's Supper. Is that what Jesus is instructing them to do? I don't think so. For one thing, the disciples didn't, if they, if they were supposed to do this, they didn't get the lesson in it because they didn't do this. They didn't instruct the church to do this either. This is not the practice of the early church. For another thing, this is the only place in the scriptures we find mention of this except for one other reference, which is in 1 Timothy 5.10. And in that place, it's talking about something practiced in the church by a faithful believer. Not, not in the church necessarily as to, as to other believers, but by someone who is doing an act of kindness among many other kindnesses mentioned there in 1 Timothy 5.10. I also don't think that Jesus was teaching the practice of foot washing here because of what comes next. Look at verse 15. He says here to his disciples, For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. He says, this is an example. And, boy, this is a powerful example, don't you think? 
I mean, think about this. Isn't this a powerful example? I've noted it before. Foot washing in that day was normally the responsibility of, of who? It was the responsibility of a slave. Now, I believe that Jesus is teaching here that this is the way we ought to serve one another for God's glory. This is the way we ought to serve. This isn't that we ought to take up the practice of foot washing necessarily, but this is how we are to serve. This is how we're to serve one another. Jesus says, here's an example of how you are to serve one another. Jesus says, here's an example. You are not to think better of yourself than others. And you are, you are to humbly serve one another. See, Jesus knows that the church will be best served not by the practice of foot washing, but with an example like foot washing that we should carry on long after Jesus has left his ministry on earth in bodily form. Jesus performed this foot washing for the disciples. He says, here's an example of how you treat one another when I'm gone. This is what you're to carry on. This is to be the practice of the church. Jesus knew the church needed this example, one like this, to live by. And because Jesus knows this is a tough one for us as naturally self-centered human beings to swallow, he makes his point clear this way in verse 16. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that's common sense, isn't it? We say, well, yeah, that makes sense. We know this. The servant does not have more authority than the master. And the one who's sent with a message to give doesn't go giving his own message. He gives the message he was given to give, right? Doesn't change it. Gives the message that he's given because he is the one under authority, not the one with authority. But I think there's a more powerful point here, even more important and powerful point Jesus is making in verse 16, one that goes beyond our common sense, so to speak. And the point is this, that if he their master and teacher could humbly stoop to wash their feet, then they too, as his servants and his messengers, should willingly serve as he does. You see, the humble servant joyfully does what his master is himself willing to do. Right? And we see Jesus here lowering himself to the place of a servant and saying, look, here's an example I'm giving you. You are to do to one another as I have done to you. This is how you're to treat one another. This is how you serve one another. And the humble servant joyfully does what his master is willing himself to do. Now, no doubt, if we were to wash each other's feet, and if I had brought the basins and the towels and the water and the soap and things like that, and we had decided, hey, let's wash each other's feet this morning, that would be, <laughs> right? That would be uh, uh, interesting, number one, right? Some of you would go, oh, I don't want you washing my feet, right? Or, or we might say, I don't want to wash your feet, you know. That would be interesting, and it, it would be an act of humble service if our attitude was right. But if we were to only do that, let's say we stop there and say, well, we're to wash each other's feet, so let's do that once a month, or let's do it every Sunday, just out of obedience to what Jesus says here. And that's where it stops, and it goes no further. 
then we have totally missed what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples and his followers after them. So the lesson here is not one of foot washing. The lesson here is one of humble service to others. In fact, Jesus himself went far beyond the simple act of foot washing, did he not? Did he not? He would soon give his life. He would soon give his life. Now, it's all fine and good to have Jesus' example of humble service here. It's all good to have the Master's teaching here. And we all, I think we see this. I think we see and understand this is what Jesus is teaching. It's all good to have that and to say, that, yeah, I agree that that's what Jesus is teaching here. There's certainly no missing the point that Jesus is making. We hear Jesus here, right? I believe the disciples heard him there. They, they got what he was teaching. The disciples heard it. We hear it. But Jesus knows his followers have got to put into practice what they're hearing. We cannot in agreement, but do we really agree if we don't obey, right? And Jesus knows we need to go beyond agreement, beyond recognition of what he's teaching, and actually put this into practice. Because in verse 17 he says, if you, look at it, this is important. Verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Notice blessed doesn't come at the beginning of the verse. Blessed are you if you know these things. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a pointer here, yes? Uh, we've got problems if we only know these things. We've got real problems. Not only do we have self-centered issues, right? We're self-centered and we can't think of others. But not only that, but we're not blessed by God. I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd kind of like to have the Lord's blessing in my life. I think you do too. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. You see, it's good to know what God wants, isn't it? It's good to know. It's wonderful to have Jesus' example here, isn't it? But think of how worthless the disciples' time with Jesus would have been had they refused to obey and follow his example of humble service to others. Oh yeah, I got that. I hear you. And then simply leave and not serve. And how worthless this teaching of Jesus to you and me today if we fail to humbly obey our Savior and learn from his example. If you know these things, I mean, if you really know them, and you say, these truths are for me, and I must obey. Blessed are you if you do them, says Jesus. So we have this encouragement from Jesus, which is also the testimony of the Scriptures as well, many other places in God's Word. We have this testimony that God blesses obedience. Please don't hear me say God blesses with fill in the blank because of your obedience, right? God blesses. He, he honors you. He equips you. He meets your present needs. He helps you just where you most need to be helped. When you honor him by your obedience, God blesses obedience. Listen to Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 6, where it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not, uh, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. 
Trust in the Lord with, with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. That's the testimony of Scripture and not just here in Proverbs. That God blesses obedience. God blesses those who take to heart the lessons they learn from God's Word and say, that's for me. I must obey. And I encourage you, and I challenge you today that this teaching of Jesus, which is given for our instruction as well as the disciples that day, is going to mean nothing for this church. It's going to be nothing for us as individuals. It will mean nothing for our families if we only agree that this is important. This is going to be nothing for us if we say, yeah, I got it, but what about so-and-so? Why don't they do this? We must obey. And to that end, that we may obey Jesus' instruction here and be those people who are blessed because we not only know these things, but we do them. I have four lessons, four challenges, actually four examples to share with you that we learn here from Jesus about humbly serving others because we ought, to, we ought to learn to put into practice what we learn from God's Word. And we ought to be intentional about putting into practice what we learn from God's Word. Four lessons from Jesus' example here. Here's number one. A humble servant serves others without playing favorites. Jesus put himself in the role of a servant that day and washed his disciples' dirty feet. But not only his true disciples, even the feet of the one who was named a disciple in their midst, but was actually his enemy, right? Among them was Judas. Judas was actively in the process of, de- of betraying Jesus. And Jesus got down on his hands and knees and washed the betrayer's feet. So we better learn from Jesus, I think, that we're not humbly serving others if we play favorites. You see, those who follow Jesus' example give powerful witness for Christ when they serve not only those they like, right? It's easy for us to serve people we like. But even, and especially, serve those that we find hard to like. You see, our humble service to others because of Christ is proved genuine when we serve another without playing favorites. I want to give you an example. I'm going to get personal here and ask you to think carefully about your relationships with others in this fellowship, in this church. This teaching applies to our whole lives, not just our lives here in this fellowship, this church. This teaching applies in our homes. This teaching applies in our neighborhoods. It, it applies in the workplace. As followers of Christ, this carries, this should carry on throughout our whole lives. But I want, I want to use an example that's maybe right here in this room for you or, or a part of this fellowship. Because this is where we need to begin as God's people, His church, the body of Christ. So 
I want you to think with me about this. Think about your own life. Think about your relationships with those in the body of Christ, the church. Is there someone here? You don't have to answer out loud. Please don't answer out loud. But this is for you to examine your own heart. Is there someone here or is there someone among this fellowship of believers that you find hard to like? Maybe there's even someone, a part of our church, who said or done something that's harmed you, hurt you. Maybe there's someone who's just simply never said a kind word to you because you're keeping track, right? Let me ask you something. Is there, is there a person like that or, or people like that? Are you willing? Are you willing to be challenged with that question to really examine your heart and think about it and, and admit that it's possible that there's someone like that? And can I ask you this? Is, is that person where you draw the line in your service to Christ and your obedience to Christ? I'll serve others, but not that person. You see, a humble servant serves others without playing favorites, no matter how they think they'll be treated by that person in the future. You might be convinced in your heart and mind that no matter what you do in service to that other person, they will never be kind to you. You know what? That was Judas. Do you think Jesus was thinking, he'll come around, I'll convince him to like me. No, Jesus knew he wouldn't be liked by Judas. Jesus knew he would be betrayed by Judas. Now I happen to believe that as, as firmly as you believe that another person will not change in the way they treat you, I happen to believe that we really don't know that. And yet in that situation, Jesus knew, and yet he served him anyway. You want to humbly serve the Lord Jesus Christ and humbly serve others and don't play favorites. Lesson number two, a humble servant of others forgets about himself. <laughs> you see, one and two are closely related. You realize that, right? A humble servant of others forgets about himself. Jesus humbly served the twelve that day without considering that, in fact, he was the one who deserved to have his feet washed. Jesus did not lean back at the dinner table and say, I'm not getting up to wash feet until somebody else does first. Right? He forgot about himself. We also saw this kind of humility back in chapter 12. Remember when Mary broke that expensive bottle of perfume and wiped it on Jesus' feet with her hair? How embarrassing it was for her to enter in that situation that that was not a place for her to be, and yet she just went right in and she broke the bottle and she spilled this expensive perfume and she, was, she didn't even think about the fact that she was going to be ridiculed by Judas and the other disciples, and she was. She put herself in a place to be ridiculed by others without a thought to herself 
She humbly served Jesus without concern for what others would, have, would think of her. And I want you to note this. We're not humbly serving others if we can't forget about ourselves. I know I'm not asking you to do something that's easy. God's Word is that way, though, isn't it? God's Word doesn't ask us to do things that are easy. He says, this is how you live. Here's my Word, and here's my Spirit. I'm giving you all the help you need. Now obey. Right? You see, we're not humbly serving others if we can't forget about ourselves. If we serve with the attitude that we're really putting ourselves out in this one. I mean, you look around and you say, well, now, if I do that... <laughs> I'm really going to be serving over the top here. I'm really going to be putting myself out. This is really going to cost me, and this is going to be painful, and I hope other people recognize this. <laughs> we're not forgetting ourselves, are we? You see, we may be serving, but we're not serving like Jesus served. In our service to Christ, humble service to others is genuine when we forget about self as we serve one another, as we take steps of obedience. This is going to be hard. You might begin to serve by thinking, you know, what kind of recognition am I going to get from this? But as you serve, you've, you've got to bring, bring yourself to the point of obedience where you say, I've got to forget about that. I don't care if I get any recognition. I don't care if anybody says, great job. Thank you for serving. I don't care if anybody notices. I've challenged my children with this because it's true of their father that other people will not notice what you do, they, are, they will notice what you don't do, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think we need to grow in this as a church, and we need to recognize and, and, and honor others and thank others for their service and ministry. But if we only serve for the recognition, we can't forget about ourselves, can we? And life is much like that. Often people will not notice what you do, but they sure will notice what you didn't do. And they may even let you know what you didn't do. Parents are really good at that, especially this one. I go to my kids and go, how come you didn't, you know. And I have to work at saying, great job. Incredible. Your obedience in that, I'm so thankful for that. I have to work at that as a parent, right? We have to work at that as followers of Christ and God's church that we recognize and thank one another for, your, for, for our service. But I'm not suggesting we serve waiting to hear that word of praise. You better not. It may not come. Guess what? The rewards are out of this world for your obedience. You realize that? A humble servant of others forgets about himself. Number two and number three are also closely related. Number three is this. Lesson number three from Jesus. A humble servant of others finds great joy in serving. You see... If you forget about yourself and you serve out of obedience to Christ and because of his love for you and for his glory, you find great joy in serving, great satisfaction, whether or not you get any recognition at all, whether or not you get any praise at all. A humble servant of others finds great joy in serving. You see, we're not humbly serving if we find no joy in our service. Let me suggest this. If we serve and we find no joy in it, if our service is only a drudgery, then we've got trouble. Why? Because those who serve with ulterior motives will be disappointed when they aren't praised like they hoped they'd be praised. 
You see, here's a question that will help you really look at your motives for serving others. Here's the question. When you don't receive the recognition you think you're due, how do you react? Can you think back to the time when you served and you kind of waited to see if anybody would say anything or recognize you or give you some kind of recognition and you didn't get it? How did you react? Did you get mad? Did you simmer? Oh, I didn't get mad, but I don't forget, right? Did you simmer? Did you get discouraged? Did you say to yourself, I'll never do that again? Or do you serve with joy? No matter what. No matter what. No matter whether anybody recognizes, whether no matter whether anybody appreciates you and your service. Because though you serve one another, it is service you have given out of your love for Christ. And there was great joy in serving because of your love for Christ. And obedience to God's word and love for others because of Christ. And you are called to serve with the attitude that says, for all he's done for me, This is the very least that I can do for him. And in that I find great joy in serving my Lord and Master and Savior. No matter how I'm treated in return, I don't care. See, there's great joy in serving others. That's also why Jesus says in verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Lesson number four. A humble servant of others serves for his master's glory. Are you serving for your master's glory? You see, repeatedly in John's gospel, we hear Jesus say it. Again and again, we've heard it in in these studies in John's gospel when Jesus says, I'm following my father's orders. I'm on a mission from the father I'm doing as the Father has told me. I'm teaching what He taught. I'm speaking what He spoke. I'm on a mission from the Father. You see, Jesus served for the glory of the Father. John, in fact, points to it back in verse 3, that Jesus knew that the Father had given all things into His hands and that He had come from God and was going back to God. You see, He was on a mission. He was under authority of the Father. You see, Jesus was serving at the instruction and authority of God the Father, and we hear it clearly in Jesus' words. We're going to see them when we get to John 17 and verses 1 through 4. And we hear there that the Father glorified the Son, of course. But note especially that the Son's obedience brings great glory to the Father. Listen to chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. When Jesus had spoken these words... He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. You see, Jesus was all about glorifying the Father. And you too, 
If you are a child of God, you are to serve for your master's glory. You are to serve for God's glory and not your own. The well-known 1 Corinthians 10.31 comes to mind, doesn't it? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, and may I insert here, including your humble service to others, do all to the glory of God. There's a very practical way that you can put feet to this truth today. There's a very practical way. Um, Ed Grace mentioned it earlier. In your program today is that ministry survey. This is something the deacons and the trustees and I have talked about. Helping you serve. Helping us help you serve. You can fill out that survey. And that will help us activate the body of Christ and, and help you find places to serve where God has gifted you and, and inclined your heart to serve and, and challenged you to serve. So please, I ask, take, take time today. It just take a few minutes to fill that survey out. It will help you help us put you into service and activate you in the body of Christ as each member serves, each member of the body works together. That's the way it's supposed to work. I would encourage you, even if you're already serving, please fill it out. There's, it's very likely that we will bring this back on an annual occasion just to help us stay on top of, of who's available to serve, who's equipped, who's gifted, who's skilled, who has a heart in this area. You may be willing to serve in an area we've never thought of, and you can help us greatly by by taking that survey and filling it out, giving it to me, one of the deacons or trustees, putting it in the box, uh, on my box or in the offering plate, any, anyway. But do it soon. And don't delay obey obedience. This is just one way. I'm not suggesting this is the only way, but this will help you obey. If you will make yourself available to serve and say, God, I'm going to work at serving without any preconceived notions that I'm going to be glorified in my serving, I want you to get the glory. I don't want the praise. I don't need the praise. God, help me to humbly serve others and not play favorites. Help me to serve for my master's glory, Lord. I hope that's your attitude. I hope you let the word speak to you today. Let God's spirit mold you and shape you and, and grow you by his wisdom. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning and how we desperately need the truths of your word and how timely they are and how incredibly important they are for us to take to heart. Father, you know you know just what we need as a church, as a fellowship. God, I know that you have equipped us in the way that you desire for us to be equipped. You have gifted your people. You have equipped us. You have prepared us. You have given us gifts and skills and talents to be used for your glory. Some of those things are hidden from our sight. And God, I pray that you would bring them to light and help us to serve. Help us to be willing to follow your teaching and follow your example and follow your commands. And to humbly serve one another for your glory. That others might see Jesus clearly as we serve. And turn to him and be saved. Turning to your son for the forgiveness of sins and healing. New life in Christ. God, help us to honor you in our service that others might see your son more clearly and glorify you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.